Hey, Clipped listeners, this podcast is brought to you by Riverside, your online platform for recording high-quality video and audio podcasts from anywhere in the world. There's two new features of Riverside that I want to talk about that I think will benefit all you Cliptos out there. One is the automatic transcriptions. You can revolutionize your editing process and edit by text. With transcription-based editing, it makes it easier than ever to perfect your podcast. Additionally, Magic Clips just came out. This is an AI process that lets Riverside identify and create compelling short-form clips from your content. Turn these short-form clips into captivating posts for social media. There's also an auto-caption feature that ensures these clips are captioned and your videos are accessible to all. If you want to give Riverside a try, head on over to riverside.fm and enter promo code CLIPPED, that's C-L-I-P-P-E-D, for 20% off any individual plan. That's riverside.fm and enter CLIPPED for 20% off. What up, potty people, and welcome back to Clipped. I'm Eric, your host, and this is a podcast that brings you podcast production tips, resources, industry insights, and conversations with my podcasting friends, all aimed to help make your podcasting life easier. My mission is to help you start, grow, and monetize your show. Today, I've got a real treat for you guys. I'm sitting down with Casey Hayes. She's an entrepreneur and founder of CaseyHayes.com. She offers podcast guesting services. So if you're looking to get booked on podcasts, maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're a podcaster, maybe you are someone of influence, or maybe you're a small business owner and you're looking to do the rounds and start getting your voice out there and telling your story on podcasts, Casey is your go-to girl. If you've ever tried to book podcast guests, you know it can be a challenge. In this episode, we're going to hear Casey's story about how she transitioned from medical billing to running her own business in Alabama. We're also going to explore her unique strategies for getting booked on podcasts. And hint, hint, it's all about customization. You don't want to be sending those mass emails to try and pitch yourself. We're going to get into that and a whole lot more in this episode. And also, we're going to touch on the importance of mindset in making career leaps. And that kind of goes along with her story and how she actually got into this and how she's had success and the importance of mentorship. But all that to say, this episode is jam-packed with actionable tips and insights And hey, she's actually got a guest pitching checklist over on her website at caseyhayes.com. That's K-A-C-E-Y-H-A-Y-E-S.com. Go on over to her website and download that. So without further ado, let's give it a go. Casey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Eric. I'm happy to be here. Excited to talk about guesting today and, and everything that you offer and everything that you're doing. So where are you originally from? I am and am based still in Alabama. Um, I'm actually one of the only online business owners that in my circle in Alabama. So I'm usually kind of like this weird little Alabama outlier. Tell the good people that are listening a little bit about how you transitioned from the corporate world and how you decided to like get into the podcast industry. Like, what was that like? It was a gradual process. I come from medical billing. So I had no crossover whatsoever with podcasting or online business ownership or anything like that. Um, But one day when I was sitting miserable at my cubicle, I just was like, I have to figure out a way to get out of this. Um, And I used to listen to music or listen to podcasts at my desk. They would let us wear earphones as long as we were still productive. So 
I just typed in Apple Podcasts one day, like freelance writer. I was like, I love to write. I feel like that's a skill that I could leverage in a business. Like, I just have to figure out some way. I would love to be my own boss. Um, and I think that I have enough skills to leverage to be able to do that. So typed in freelance writer in Apple Pods to see what kind of resources I could find. And I like to say that a podcast changed my life because I found a podcast from a woman who ran a freelance writing school. Um, she was a freelance writer herself. She taught a course about it. It was very like comprehensive, like everything you need to do to get up and running. Um, she would like review your writing, review your materials, just like guide you through every step of the way. It was kind of like a combination coaching and like instructional program. Um, and it turned out that was kind of just the kick in the pants that I needed and the confidence boost that I needed because after being an employee for so long and working for other people, it's like, I don't know if, and being like, I was listening to your podcast with, um, Anna earlier and she was talking about being a, like more of a risk averse person. And I was like, yep, I relate to that where you're just, you feel this pull to like entrepreneurship, but it's just like, I don't know if that's right. Like everything would be on me. I'm responsible for everything. But I think I was ready to own that and stop outsourcing that to other people and relying on other people. Um, Cause like, especially some of the companies that I worked for, like they're not any more trustworthy or like knowledgeable than you. Like you could be fired the next day. Like Alabama's a right to work state. Like you could just get fired with no notice and like, they don't have to give you a reason. So it's like, I think I could provide more security for myself than that. Um, so got started as like a freelance content writer and was building that like in the evenings and on weekends while I kept my nine to five job until I was just like, I think I'm ready to, we weren't like fully financially ready. And it just was like a leap of faith to kind of jump and like just commit to it full time. Cause it started to get to the point where it was like, if I want this to grow, I really need more time to dedicate to it to grow. And I can't do that at work, working for someone else. So started freelance writing, hooking up with a lot of different companies, kissing a lot of frogs as far as it comes to like, who do you want to work with and who do you not? Who's your ideal client? Like all that stuff is stuff that you learn as you go and figured out I really liked, um, I love working with other online business owners. Um, I love working with people in the coaching space and like personal growth and development and stuff like that. And a lot of coaches have podcasts. So it got to be where if I was writing show notes for them or converting their um, podcast episodes into blogs, that's another popular service that I've kept from my freelance content writing days. Um, but yeah, it kind of just segued into that and realizing how much I loved podcasting as a medium and getting to support people with that. And the guesting piece, actually, I hooked up with a company who was famous, well, not like famous for um, sending their clients on podcast tours. So they needed a writer that could like get to know each client that they had and their messaging and their purpose and help write these basically podcast guesting pitches. And this was like in, it was early days. I would say early days for podcasting. I know podcasts have been around for a while, but like people didn't quite utilize them as much until like 2018, 2019. So it was somewhere around in there. Um, and that I had never heard of that before. Like no one was doing podcast guesting strategy. No one was doing podcast guest pitching. And I was like, this is really something cool that I feel drawn to. 
And it just kind of stuck with me for a couple of years. And I finally figured out that that was a service that I could offer on my own and like figure out the strategy piece and how to package it up in a way that really helps people. And that's pretty much where I've landed today. Cool. Yeah. So using your your writing skills, um, it's funny because you said like, yeah, turning stuff into blogs like podcast show notes or transcripts. I think that that's something that's like really undervalued. I'm big on that. The most growth that I've seen in like all of my ecosystem, whether it's like social or the podcast itself or YouTube is actually from the website and is actually from blogging. And that's gotten me like the most traffic and the most leads. So I think that's definitely... A good skill to have. And I think people don't think about writing as much because we're such in like a visual world now and with all the video content and audio content. But um, that's cool. And that's something that I think it is really valuable. And that's cool that you do that as a service. But you talked a little bit about mindset and like finding your ideal client, which I kind of wanted to touch on because I think that's important. And I think it takes time to figure that out. But speaking of that, like since I've been following you and getting to know you a little bit, you you do post a lot about like mindset and social uh, and like mental health and alignment and, and, and these type of things on social media. Like where did that kind of come from? Mm. So it's interesting because entering into entrepreneurship and deciding to start a business and become my own boss opened the door to so much personal growth. I don't think I even really understood the concept of personal growth outside of like therapy. Like if you had enough, you know, struggle, enough day to day. a lot of therapy. I'm yeah, all, and I love I'm therapy. all fucked up, but, but go on. <laughs> but outside of that. I just want my therapy on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. Yes. I have OCD. I'm a big mental health person too. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Does it bother you when people who are not OCD say, oh, this is my OCD? And it's like, you're not. You don't know what that is. It doesn't bother me, but I, I, it, it almost makes me kind of laugh in a way. I think I'm at a place where it now, because yeah, if you really had OCD, you would know how intense it is. You almost can't like be present in your mind or your body. It just takes over you. And it's, 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 it's the mental aspect, but there's also like a physiological response in your body and you're, you're just always like revved up and um, it's, it's hard to like function almost. <laughs> I'm in a lot better place with it now, but where it like dictates like your thoughts. Just like really depleting and like draining and distracting. And like, yeah, the presence piece is a big factor. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So tell me kind of your journey with that and how um, that's some of the stuff that you talk about in your business with your clients and just for for yourself too. Because I noticed, yeah, you're, you're posting a lot about mindset and I and I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I would say my first big step into it was thanks to my very first business coach, the woman that created the freelance writing course. She had like tons of great recommendations for books. Um, and I would just, I bought all the books that she recommended. So there was like Jen Sincero books, um, like You're a Badass, Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. What else? Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert is amazing. Like, especially as a creative person, those are just the ones I can think of off the top of my head. I'm looking at my bookshelf behind me. What else? What else? Oh, yeah. Mindset by Carol Dweck. That's a really good one where you're like when I first learned about the difference between a fixed mindset and like, I don't remember flexible mindset. That's probably not the right term. But like, can you be a person who learns and changes what they know? Or are you the type of person who's like, well, this is just the extent of my knowledge. This is just who I am. This is just how like I flunked this class. Like, I guess I'm just 
an F student. Like I'm not going to try harder or feel that I have the ability to change myself. So getting all those recommendations from her and like actually reading the materials and applying that to my life um, was a huge benefit for me as a new business owner to be able to see yourself differently. You're becoming a whole new version of yourself. Like it kind of freaks you, freaks you out a little bit when, or at least it did for me to decide like, okay, so like some certain parts of me kind of have to die for this new version to be able to step in and do all the things that I want to do. Like this person who just kind of like let life dictate her choices and her decisions. And like, she didn't really take an active role in making those decisions. It was kind of, it was go with the flow, but in a very passive way, not like a very um, trust and surrender type way. It was just like, oh, okay, well, if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing kind of thing. I don't really have a lot of say in the matter. And those books really changed that for me in, in combination with all the work it took to become an entrepreneur. I feel like that happens a lot with people where, um, yeah, it takes a little bit of that coaching and that mindset shift. And that's important when you're going to start working for yourself. So you had that background doing that and, and the writing background. And that led you to wanting to help people get booked on podcasts and eventually to starting your own company. So tell me a little bit about Casey Hayes Podcast Services and what you do. And then we'll get into a little bit of the nitty gritty about guesting and all that goes into that because um, it's not easy to book guests if you don't know them personally. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But yeah, tell us about the start of your company and when you decided to like fully go all in. Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Because I would say my most recent pivot, which, you know, as we all do, we pivot over and over and over, whether it's big or small. But my most recent pivot was probably earlier this year when I fully committed to and I still consider myself a writer first and foremost. And like my writing skills are what dictate how I can help people get booked on podcasts. Um, the email template that I offer in my services, and we'll get to that in a little bit, is like, you know, that's a writing skill that you hone. And like, how do you how do you craft this email? What needs to be in it? What's the most effective way to reach out to people who's get whose podcasts you'd like to be on, especially if you don't know them, like you said. But yeah, I think just realizing the impact of podcasts on me and like a lot of people around me and the fact that I had access to other online service providers who had podcasts, I just got to have that experience um, firsthand and get to try it and see what it was like. And it was like, even though I didn't know, it was like, okay, this is my next step. It's like, if you had asked me the day before anyone asked me to help with their podcast business, I wouldn't have said, yeah, I would love to help with podcast guesting and getting you booked on shows and supporting you with your podcast. But once I saw it, it was like a light went on. It was like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to go. Let's start from the top. Guest pitching checklist. Like before you even like write that email, are you doing like research on them? Are you following on social media and maybe interacting a little or, or maybe not? Like tell me kind of what goes into that process. So for me, when someone hires me to get them booked on podcasts, yes. So we have a strategy call first, and it's an hour where we talk to each other, figure out what their goals and expectations are for podcast guesting. I've been lucky so far that most of the clients that I've had are a great fit for being a podcast guest. It's not for everybody. Like not everybody, that's not necessarily your platform. So 
the first thing we do is have that strategy call, talk about like what they're hoping for, kind of get a sense of, you know, I want to make sure they have realistic expectations for it. Like you're not just going to get booked. Usually they hope to get booked immediately, which sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. And they think that after like booking one, that's like, okay, that's it. Someone's going to find me and they're going to hear my message. And all of a sudden I'm going to have all these new clients because usually my clients are other online service providers and their goal is to um, share about their services and hopefully, you know, attract more leads. So that's a couple of misconceptions that I try to get out of the way in the strategy call if that's, you know, a misconception they have. And I talk about, um, we talk about their goals, what they're hoping to do. Do they want, you know, if they have a podcast, are they trying to get more podcast listeners, like more downloads? If they have a book, who are they hoping will read their book? That gives me a sense of what type of listeners and what type of shows to start researching for them. So we cover that. And then once I've got all the information I need from them, the first thing I do is create their custom email template. So you don't want to use like a boring generic template that you just kind of like mass mail out to people. They call that the spray and pray method where you just like send out a hundred, like you find a hundred podcast hosts on some database and just send your pitch out to all of them where you just like update their name and nothing else. And it's like the first line is like, love your podcast. It's like, really? You didn't say what you loved about it. You didn't say their podcast title. Like it's very Mm -hmm. blah. So my custom email template is a little different and depending on whether, so when someone decides to get the strategy call, they can either take that custom email template and start pitching themselves. Um, I usually pull three podcasts where I think they could start with and I get the contact information for the host and everything ready for them. And I'm like, here you go. I think you'd be a great fit for these three based on my research. Um, And here's your template. And then I will like highlight and put placeholders for different prompts in the template so they can pitch themselves. So it's like here, first paragraph, you know, mention something you liked about a specific episode, um, because that's a big key is listen to episodes of the show you want to go on. So you actually are getting a sense of, am I a good fit for this podcast? You know, are our values aligned or, you know, am I, you know, a keto diet person and I accidentally booked uh, you know, like I'm actually accidentally booked on like a vegan podcast or something like that, where there's like a big values misalignment, like just go ahead and do enough research so that you don't make a mistake like that right out of the gate. So that's what we cover in strategy. And then I create their custom email template. If they want to, they can go pitch themselves with, you know, my little starter list that I pull for them. Um, but if they want ongoing podcast support, that's where we work together for six months. And I can do like depending on the level of coverage they want, I can do either three pitches or five pitches a month for them. And that includes all the research, all the vetting. I listen to episodes. I make sure that they are a good match. And I also track all the outreach that I do. So after the initial outreach, after I send the email for the first time, I have a follow-up process because it's not just send it out once and forget about it. It's like kind of nurture the connection if you can. Um, If it seems like a good fit and it seems like they're active on Instagram, I might go Adam as friends on Instagram and just kind of try to keep up with what they're doing, what they're focusing on, and like keeping in the back of my head like, okay, this client could be a really good fit if they decide to do an episode about X. Like I had a dating coach um, client who wanted to get on a certain podcast and they were starting to edge into 
episodes about relationships. And I was like, okay, yes, finally. Like, here's my end. Like, I can, you, I can DM them or I can particularly like that post or comment on the post. Like, I have a great client who could be a fit for you if you're looking for guests. So yeah, it's, it's a multi-factorial approach. So it's using social media, it's using email, it's using as targeted a strategy as we can to make sure we're not kind of barking up the wrong tree, so to say. We make sure that everyone's vetted at the front. I like that personal approach and yeah, doing that research instead of sending um, mass emails, the amount of spam. I, not, I guess it's not spam, but I get a lot of like cold, yes. mostly on LinkedIn. I mean, people, they'll like, they'll connect with you and then they'll pitch you like immediately after. It's like, all right, dude, like chill. Like I'm not going to like get your, yes. buy your service or your thing right now. Like, you know. <laughs> I don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, that seems nuts to me. So whoever's listening, definitely don't do that. But I have a question. Is So is this for, and, and you may do both, but I'm curious, um, do you work mainly with like, yeah, like people of influence, authors, or like entrepreneurs that are looking to go on a lot of podcasts and like do the rounds? Or do you work also with podcast hosts who are trying to book guests for their personal show? Or is it a little bit of both? How does that work? So primarily what I do is work with like the author or the coach or whoever it might be to get guest spots booked on podcasts. Um, but you're the second person this week who has asked me if I work on behalf of the show to like recruit guests. So now I'm starting to wonder if maybe that's my next direction because apparently there's, you know, there's some interest there. So that could be, I think that would be a fun challenge too. But yeah, primarily I help people who want to like reach a new audience, who want to build their credibility, who want to like share a lot of value with listeners that they're just not able to get to necessarily on their own, like especially through social media where like your post is only valid for like 48 hours and podcasts are so potent and like so helpful for like years after the episode airs. People don't realize the amount of work that goes into it. And I think that kind of goes for like all service providers in the podcast industry, whether you're booking, whether you're uh, creating content, whether you're editing, producing, like it, all this stuff takes a lot of work because you mainly with the podcast, you just like see the host, but you don't really realize like all the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. So um, I just love the fact that like, yeah, we're educating educating people on everything that goes into it and, you know, hopefully just continue to legitimize all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And like, especially now that podcasts are so huge, I feel like they're having a moment. A lot of the time when people ask what I do or what I'm doing these days in my business and I tell them, it's kind of like, what does that mean? <laughs> but lately, even people like my husband who aren't like big podcast listeners, they're like, oh my gosh, you're so in the right business because podcasts are huge. Everyone has a podcast now. And it's funny just to like hear some of the, and you might get this too, but it's funny to hear some of the questions you get as someone in the podcast space. They're like, oh, so like, do you work on this show? It's like some famous show. And it's like, no, I don't really interact with like the big, the big celebrity names or anything. You know, that's not the only podcasts that are out there, right? Like there's a lot of different, especially for small businesses. It's really funny when people aren't, really dialed into that world and it's easy to get in like a for us podcast geeks to like get in our echo chamber and think that everybody knows what we know and it's like they don't they really don't yeah that's so funny i get asked that a lot there was like so what's like the biggest show you work on 
And then I've also had people ask me like, so like how much money do you make? Like they don't know that it's like a legitimate world. But I think I think going off what you said, yeah, they're starting to. It's starting yeah. to come like people are realizing, oh, you work in podcasting. Like that's like a legitimate industry. And they still might not know like everything that's happening behind the scenes and all the roles that, that are available uh, in podcasting. But it's so funny because I've had that all the time. Like, you work in podcasting? Is that like a reliable, <laughs> like, like job? Exactly. But Casey, this is a big question for me because I actually, for our audience, but for myself as well, because I, I do work on one show where, where I book the guests. And so how do you find people's contact info? Do you just like go to the website and the contact form? Or do you like search on social media for an email? Or, or like, what's the approach there? Because I've found that... Sometimes the contact form, like people might get a lot of a lot of that. They don't read it. What's your your process and your philosophy around that? Yeah. So that's why I make my email so easy to find because I hate how hard it can be sometimes to find people's email, but I get it at the same time. Like, you know, the spam is annoying and the robot emails are annoying and I get it. Um so there is a site that I use called hunter.io that helps me locate emails. It's not like 100% effective because if it's not on the website address that you type in, it's basically just a search engine. You go to hunter.io. Interesting. Type in the website. So yeah, like if you type in caseyhays.com, hopefully my email would come up. But it's pretty reliable for like kind of like mid to larger size companies that have email addresses that are listed somewhere on the site. Um, if that doesn't work, I will check Facebook or Instagram. Sometimes people list their emails on Facebook. Um, you never know. And then I will check. Sometimes you can find it on Listen Notes. If you go to the podcast on Listen Notes and they haven't claimed the podcast yet, for some reason, when they claim it, it changes to like a strange little username code. But if they haven't claimed it yet, um, usually you can figure out it's some of it's redacted, but you can usually figure out exactly like if it's the host's first name at whatever.com. It's like, oh, OK, that's all I need to know. I'll pop it in the my contacts list. Um, and then as far as like cold emails, I think it really helps if you if your subject line like tells exactly what you're like, if especially if it's like a custom email pitch, if you put exactly I'll put the guest's name. So like my dating coach client, it would be so-and-so dating coach on and then podcast title. So they know exactly. It's like, okay, they want me to have Amanda Brown or whoever on the podcast. So I know that this is a pitch email. And hopefully your pitch is crafted well enough that they won't delete it. That's my job. The personalization is huge because they want to know that you at least kind of know about them. And now... Speaking of that, what what's your thoughts on like reaching for the stars and trying to book some people that you might think are out of your league? Do you like swing for home or do you have like more of a balanced approach? Like let's get you on on some shows that are maybe a little bit smaller that'll be more willing to take you. Or is it like a balance between some of those and then like also occasionally like reaching, you know, for that big show that maybe you can get your guest on? I love this question. In my experience with the clients that I work with, a stair step approach is what it's called typically works best where you start with the more it's like where you're more on a level playing field. 
especially right out of the gate. So for my dating coach, I was looking for some relationship podcasts, but that could kind of, I want to also try to think about places where she might stand out. Um, So like specific niche podcasts, like Divorce After 40, Empty Nester podcasts, stuff like that, where just another dating coach talking about dating tips doesn't get so lost in the shuffle. It makes a little bit more of an impact. So we're not just thinking about her particular expertise, but we're thinking more on behalf of the listener and like who's listening where, how she can really impact them with her message and her value. And I like to start there with like the small, I don't like to say smaller, but like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where it's more on a, a level playing field. You know what I mean? Like not the Joe Rogan or not the, you know, like those type of shows. Now I will say if you have a specific in, a client of mine took um, Amy Porterfield's course and she has built her business on Amy Porterfield's course and has done like amazing things with her. I think it's like her evergreen content course or something like that. She was like, could we see if we could get me on Amy Porterfield? And that to me was like, I was like, oh, that's a big ask. I was like, I don't know. But I was like, yes, let's see. You know what? Let's give it a shot and we'll see. And what could it hurt? I'm kind of like, why not try? Um, especially if you have a good end like that, where she's like, I made this much money after I took your course by implementing your XYZ principles. And she booked the interview with Amy Porterfield. So that was a huge, to me, that's like a huge get. So we were really excited about that. Just goes to show you that you got to reach for the stars, but along the way, you know, get get your feet wet, get your experience, start working with people that uh, are on your level and you can slowly, you know, level up. One thing I wanted to ask was, and this is just a personal question because I do this sometimes, and this might be a big faux pas. Sometimes I'll just straight up like voice message someone on Instagram and be like, hey, what, you know, hey, dude, I've been following you for a while. Really love like the content you're putting out. If you're interested, like I host a podcast and, you know, I'll kind of literally do like a pitch like that. What do you think of that? Because I feel like part of like the the pitching process is um, to kind of go with your own style and vibe and what you're comfortable with. And I feel like sometimes with the voice thing, your 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 personality and it it can come across more than just like a, a written pitch. That being said, some people might be like, "The fuck is this?" Like messaging me, I don't even know who this guy is or like what he's about. Like, so I don't know. What what do you think of that? I think that's how you pitched me. You sent me a little message on which we had already connected in Podcast Mastermind, but you sent me a voice note on Instagram. And I was like, I love this. Like, I don't have to read through this boring block of text. Like, I don't think you and I had talked one on one yet. And I was like, it's just so nice to get to hear his voice and like get a sense of who he is and his personality and whether I think we'll be a good fit, all the things. I like that, especially if you're pitching yourself. So if I if you have a go between like me and I'm pitching for you, I'm not sure about the connection between my voice and that other person because they're not going to be talking to me anyway. So, but if you are like, this is, I want to DIY this, like I, you know, have my custom email template. This is something that I can do on my own. I feel more comfortable reaching out to people myself. I think that's awesome because I think that'll really land with people. And especially if you're a newer podcast guest and maybe you don't have a lot of podcasts under your belt yet that you can link them and say, hey, I've been on these shows. You, you're you're like, here's my voice right here. Like you're gaining a sense of me now before we even connect on a call or even before we record. 
So I like that a lot. I think it's and I think it stands out in a sea of all these terrible, crappy pitches. Okay. I like that. And I think too, like I, I kind of do it in a way sometimes where like I'll I'll sort of like leading up to it to try to interact with them on Instagram a little bit or like some of their stuff. So maybe by the time like I do it, they they don't know me, but they kind of might have a little sense of like my profile or realize like, oh, this guy's been like liking my stuff. So he he actually legitimately is interested. Let's talk about guest follow-up from like two perspectives. One, like, do you think that if you were on somebody's podcast, like you're obligated to then like share that episode and help help promote it? If that episode's about you, you you want to promote it. But I've also come across like people, even though they're like on the episode and the host might tell them like, okay, your episode is live, like even share, like here are some social media assets. Like sometimes they don't really reciprocate the promotion, which is weird because they'd be kind of like just only benefiting themselves by promoting it. Like what's your experience with that? So in the strategy calls that I have with people, that's something we talk about a little bit. I'm like, are you willing to promote this episode to your community if you book the show. And that's something that I include in the email too, towards the bottom. Like, hey, if you do decide that so-and-so is a good fit for your show, they're committed to sharing this with their community, whether it's their email list or their Instagram. Maybe they have a big Instagram following, like their Instagram following. I feel like that's just good guest etiquette, which is another thing that I should probably create a little more content around um, maybe for our podcast or for my website or LinkedIn or something because you're creating community when you're being when you're guesting on someone's podcast. You're borrowing their platform. I don't take that lightly. It's almost like an endorsement from that person. And for you to then not even share the episode that you're on to me. Maybe it's my Southern roots, but that's just so rude. <laughs> You're not be like, that's very unhospitable. <laughs> I guess if you didn't promote it, it's not the end of the world. But yeah, I, I kind of think that the more you're doing that kind of stuff and yeah, the more you're you're building community and, and helping each other out, I think that starts to go a long way. So Casey, let's talk a little bit more about um, your services. And I know you mentioned you have a resource to share with our audience. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I created it especially for being on your show. So I'm really excited about it. Oh, it is that's awesome. A, yeah. I was like, I really want to have something to give people so they know the next step to take if they want to start pitching themselves. So if any of this that our conversation has covered sounds of interest, um, my website is caseyhayes.com. And there's a tab right at the top that says guest pitch checklist. You can go there and download. It's a free PDF and it covers a checklist of everything that should be in your custom email pitch. I even include a couple of little tips of what not to put in there. <laughs> like you'd be crazy not to have me on your show type of thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a very pretty detailed list so that if you want to go ahead and DIY this and create your email, um, you can just go down the list and get it done. Awesome. Yeah, I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. But as we're kind of rounding home here, tell everybody about the new podcast that you've started. Tell us what you're excited about, what things you've had to overcome, and kind of a little bit about the process of like creating this thing. Yes. So my colleague slash friend, Karen Hibner, and I started a podcast. It was kind of our summer project. 
and we just launched it at the end of August. It's called Pod Makers, all one word. And it's kind of like conversations just like this that we just had. So it's about, and it offers tips and like hopefully insights and inspiration for people who either are thinking about starting a podcast or have a podcast and are maintaining that podcast. Um, how many times can we create a podcast about podcasts? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's so much fun though, because like she and I are friends and we kept having these like never ending text conversations about each of our work in the podcast industry. <clears throat> She's an editor and producer. She has a different podcast for a whole other thing. So she's like a veteran in the podcast industry. And I feel like I learned something from her every time we record. It's super fun. And yeah, so it's it's the two of us um, sharing different sides of the podcast industry. So I am a writer. I help people get booked on other podcasts. She is an editor and producer. So she knows more about like sound and engineering and She's very much um, in the vein of like artistry. She went to art school. So she's very like into like her favorite podcasts are the really highly produced um, storytelling podcasts. And I love having her influence on our show. It's very conversational. It's very like we want you to feel like like we're your friends in podcasting. I'm just going to drop in and listen to Podmakers and see, you know, what insights they have for me this week type of thing. Was it? scary or just weird being like the actual host because I when I first started this show I had been working in podcasting since two, I've been in the industry since 2015 and I fa I was like always giving all this podcast advice and then finally I started my own show and I was like oh like that advice is good but when you're actually on the mic it's like way different like so did did you come across anything like that where you're like you think it's like so easy on the outside and then when you actually do it it's like oh okay like this is a challenge it's intimidating it's fun it's kind of all of the things but what was your experience with that that's a good question because i will go ahead and say that i had a podcast i've had a few podcasts that so a couple of them pod faded oh yeah okay. so i'll just tell you all my skeletons in the closet about podcasting so I had a podcast back when I started my freelance writing business and I was like a health and wellness writer and I wanted to have a health and wellness podcast. And I kind of didn't know what I was doing. Like I knew enough to get the podcast going, but it was really hard. I didn't think about like maintaining it over the long term. And so I think I did about seven episodes, maybe eight episodes. And then I just like ran out of steam. I ran out of I hate when people say this, but I ran out of content ideas, which I really didn't. But it was just, I think I decided to put my focus in other areas and probably shouldn't have started the podcast in the first place. But I didn't know that as a newbie. So then I, let's see, when was this? Maybe 2020, 2021, I co-hosted a podcast with a colleague of mine and it was directed towards like online service providers and coaches. And I was way more into the podcast than she was, but it was her, it, like it started out as her podcast. She invited me on as a co-host, I think because she was feeling a little drained by it and hoped that having a co-host would kind of like reinvigorate her and like maybe give some new ideas and inspiration. But I think she just didn't love podcasting, um, which is fine. Like you don't have to, but if you're going to have a business podcast, it would be a good idea to love podcasting. <laughs> So that ended up um, kind of getting scrapped. 
And then I had a podcast that was sort of more personal, like last year. Um, It was called Give It a Rest, and it was about quitting things. Like everyone's like, never quit. Like, don't give up. Like, keep pushing and hustle and all that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to say you can give it a rest. I'm going to say you can quit stuff that doesn't feel like a fit. I'm going to say you can say F this to you know, productivity culture and hustle culture and all the stuff that we're taught, especially as entrepreneurs, like we're expected to like grind all the time. And I'm like, that ain't working for most of us. And I wish people would say that. (laughs) So I had a podcast about that and it lasted like maybe eight episodes. And I think the reason that my podcasts had pod fade was that because I didn't have a co-host, I think I'm the type of person who thrives with someone else to bounce ideas off of and conversations. And I love when the other person guides the conversation in a totally unexpected way. And then we get to go down that avenue. And it's it's just a lot more fun to do it that way. So I'm really grateful to have Karen on this like podcast journey with me. And we can do this together. One last question before we go. What are some of your predictions for podcasting in the next several years? Um, Like, what are you excited about? What do you think needs to change? Just kind of like, where do you you think the industry is going? And what kind of opportunities or or non-opportunities are going to come down the pipe? Mm, I like thinking about this because I think that podcasting is, is quote unquote, having a moment right now, but I think that moment is going to last. Uh, I think people are finally learning that it's not some weird trend. Um, It's not people talking to themselves in the computer type of thing. Like people have a deeper understanding of what podcasts can bring, the type of conversations that podcasts can hold space for. All of that is really important. I think as far as predictions, I think it's just going to really dial in for podcasts. I think they're going to get even more meaningful. I think we're going to have more intimate groups of podcasters, kind of like our podcast mastermind. I kind of feel like, and this could be my personal projection on it, because maybe this is what I would like to see happen. But what I would like to see is like less of a focus on social media so much. And for people to be connecting more in communities like Discord or WhatsApp or groups off of social media where everyone is like on the same page about their focus on, you know, podcasting in general. That's what I would like to see. We could all use some time off social media. And yeah, if we're, you know, meeting, even if it's virtual and even if it's at 7.30 a.m. Pacific time. I didn't um, even think about that until you said it in the group. I was like, oh, that's early. It's early. I'm a I'm a morning person too. And especially I've always been a morning person. And then now with my daughter, she's actually been sleeping till like 6.37, which is great, but it's still it's still early to uh, to to kind of to be like focused and chatting, but yes. uh, I was gonna say to be expected to like carry a conversation with someone. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But um, yeah, I I think that's great. I think communities like that are big. People helping people, and um, I think like educating people, like we talked about earlier. That's one thing I'm excited about. Is that like yeah, more people are just starting to understand what podcasting is what all goes into it, all the stuff behind the scenes, all the moving parts. And I think that's just going to create more opportunities, more jobs. It sounds like a lot more businesses and media companies and brands are starting podcasts. And so hopefully it just continues to grow and there's more work and and job opportunities for everybody. 
Yeah. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun.